Blog Talk Radio.
Okay, so Friday Night Broadcast, Prayer International Radio. I am your host for tonight, Sean Holmberg. Chris is taking off tonight. He's actually, I think he's in a Bible study or in a prayer or something. Um, thank you to all our guests who are listening in Antarctica 13. Um, someone new I've never seen before whose name is falling in love with Jesus. I'm assuming we'll have a lot more people in the chat room um, once the lottery <laughs> is over. Um, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, so, but don't worry, I have my tickets too. So, um, I spent all afternoon with the Lord just debating on what he would want me to do with the money if I want it. And, but, you know, it's all by the grace of God and his will be done either way. Um, I heard I missed a very interesting, um, show last night. Um, you know, I actually, um, pull up the numbers every now and then just to get a general idea of, um, of how we're dealing in this ministry to see if people are actually listening. And, um, so last night, usually we've been averaging between sometimes 15 to 30, 40, 50 people a night listening, um, plus whatever is in the archives. And, uh, last night there was like, I think it was 200, 200 and 289 people who called, who were listening and, uh, 168 people have listened to the archives, and I was like, wow, and then Chris sort of informed me of um, some of what happened, and and so we talked about it a little bit, about people just, um, what he termed crazy people calling in um, to blaspheme the name of the Lord, and, you know, <clears throat> all I can say to that is, if we weren't offending people, and if the demons in hell and if the enemy wasn't upset and he wasn't worried and he wasn't offended, and if people weren't getting upset at what we say to the point of trying to um, ridicule us and stop us and disrupt us, if if none of that was happening, I would just personally assume that we're preaching the wrong gospel. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and I say that because you know most people didn't like Jesus when he was on this earth. And um, and he was the source of all light um, and truth, and they didn't really much care for him and his gospel either, because the um, people, the religious leaders of the world at the time, thought they had had their own version of their salvation message. Um, and so Jesus came along preaching that which he had heard from the Father and that which he knew to be true, since um, he was there when it was established from before the foundation of the earth that Christ Jesus would die for the sins of the world that we may have redemption through his blood a restoration to a relationship with the almighty God through grace through faith and so if they didn't like Jesus the Bible says they're not going to like us either if they persecuted him they're going to persecute us um the good news is the works that Jesus did, he said we're going to do greater because he went to his Father. And the Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing, for you'll reap if you do not lose heart. And, you know, the Bible says those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll walk and not grow, they'll run and not grow weary, or they'll walk and not grow weary, run and not faint. Um, something similar to that. And... You know, it reminds me that um, all across the world, um, that we, this world that we live in, um, there's so many different countries and nations and tribes and tongues. 
so many different um, belief systems. Um, so many people who don't know the love of the Father and strive on their own to obtain um, eternal life because they know it's there. The Bible says God has put eternity on the hearts of men um, and they strive for it, but groping in blindness and in darkness, um, always desiring, always wanting something they can't quite comprehend until the revelation of the name of Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, becomes known to them. Um, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. We can um, get on here every night of the week and, you know, we can preach every night um, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's His love that um, changes hearts. <clears throat> You know, our words without the Spirit of the living God um, are just words. And so, as always, we trust the Lord and through the Holy Spirit to um, impact and change the lives of those people who are listening. That it won't just be our words you hear, but you'll hear His words. That it won't be what we want, but it's what He wants. That if anything, we can not point you to us, but <clears throat> that we can um, help you look at him. Because, um, you know, we, um, me and Chris both, we're just regular people um, who had extraordinary um, encounters um, through his grace with him, and which he saw fit. Um, to reveal to us the abundance of his love, the abundance of his mercy and grace into our lives. And so, you know, we don't want you to look at us. We want you to look at Jesus. We don't, um, that's it. I mean, that's, that's the basic of it is that you may know him, that you may have a re revelation of him. And there are many people out there who don't, um, many people out there who don't want it, um, and those many people who do. And, <coughs> excuse me, I'm coughing a lot. I guess I haven't had enough coffee yet. So, I know Chris has been on, um, I believe, I could be wrong because I didn't get to listen to the show last night. Chris has been on a series with Ephesians, and I've been on a series with the Book of Romans, and which I'm going to continue um, the Lord willing tonight, um, and we'll get in deeper into um, the difference between the law and grace. And but first off, um, we'll pray some um, for at least a minute. Um, you know, God, I guess first of all, um, I can't say His name, but you know who he is, Lord, um, a caller who called in, not last night, but the night before, who was homeless father, um, who was suffering with a disease, Lord, and um, he called in asking, well, he didn't call in, he was in the chat room asking for prayer, Father. And so once again, Lord, we stand in the gap, Father. We take authority over this physical realm and... We come into agreement with your word that your kingdom come, your dominion would be made manifest on this earth in his life, Lord. That not only would you heal his physical body, Lord, but that you would open his eyes, 
Lord, to see your opinion of him, Father, not the opinion that the world has, Lord, not the opinion that the church has or his family has, Father, but he would begin to see himself through your eyes, Lord. And, you know, Father, for all of us that you would let us see as in a mirror how you see us. Father, as we behold you, Lord, that you would reveal to us who we are in you. Reveal your words to us, Lord. Let your words become our food, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, for anybody who's listening, um, pretty much anywhere on this earth tonight, Father. Jesus, just... um, Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Thank you for the healings, Lord. Thank you for the people whose lives are being changed right now, Father. Those that you're touching, Lord. Those who have um, diseases who may be listening, Lord. Um, Lord, whatever it is, in the name of Jesus, God, thank you for healing them. Of it, scoliosis, maybe that's it. That's the word I keep seeing. Um, Thank you for your blood, Jesus. That's all I need to say, Jesus, is thank you for your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Because in the end, all the glory, honor belongs only to you. For yours was the only name given by which we must be saved. Yours is the name that has been exalted above every name. That at your name, we all will bow and declare that you are Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> so we have our first caller. I don't know how this night's going to go. Um, so for just a second, I'm going to switch over and um, see what the um, phone call is. And we will be back um, in just a couple minutes. Oh, yeah, by the way, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. We'll be right back.
Okay, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call in number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. Okay, everybody. Well, it looks like I got temporarily disconnected, but we're back now. So, call in number 619-638-8458. So, during the um, quick break, we had um, our good friend, Ophelia, who is in um, Singapore, calling in. Um, And, you know, in Singapore, um, it's definitely not a Christian nation. Um, Far from it. It, it would seem And so we've been interceding And praying for her um, And Luckily the Lord's beginning To move in her life um, He's been um, Increasing her desire for him um, But it's hard it, it really is Especially as when Nobody around you um, Nobody in your family is a believer um, And sometimes we want an escape um, and usually escaping seems like a better option than staying. Um, but, you know, something that occurred to me is that a lot of times when we're in situations that um, seem impossible or they seem hopeless, we we already know the scripture says that the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. And I believe a lot of times what the Lord wants to do is not um, help us to escape the situations we're in, but to overcome them. It says in Romans 8, it says we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I, and even, especially for Ophelia, I'm believing that the Lord is going to make a way to be glorified through her situation. That he's going to um, change not only the situation, but her perspective of the situation. You know, there was a story... Um, and um, with Elijah, and I wish I could actually remember exactly where it was. I may have to actually look it up. Um, and um, so pretty much the story goes that um, Elijah and this one guy were being followed. And, oh, you know what? Here it is. I think it is. Nope, that's not it. Uh, sorry about that, folks. I'm trying to actually um, find this uh Scripture. Um, so I'll just tell you the story. So um, Elijah's with this man, and the um, enemies um, coming about them, and um, the guy he's with um, is worried. Um, and all of a sudden, the Lord asks him. The Lord asked for, or Elijah asked the Lord to open this guy's eyes, and the Lord did. And he looked up, and he saw there was an a company of the army of the Lord Attempt about them And you know The Bible says we war not against flesh and blood But against principalities and powers And the rulers of this darkness The darkness of this age And there's a spiritual World that we cannot see Which is more real than the physical world We can see um, That being said Um not everything that we can see with our physical eyes, not everything we can touch with our hands, not everything that our senses here in the flesh would tell us is the entire story because there's so many things that are happening in the spiritual realm that we just don't know about um, all around us. 
And it's important to understand that. And it's important to understand that whether or not we're at peace and um, have the joy of the Lord, there's still a battle that's constantly going on, which is why Paul said to put on the full armor of God. Um, that having to done all the stands, you can stand. Um, because everywhere we go, everything we do, there's always a war being fought around us. The Bible says the enemy um, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Um, seeking those who um, are doubtful and fearful and who don't have faith um, and aren't rooted and grounded. Um, but we trust for better things with the Lord. Um, we believe for better things, always trusting in the grace of the Lord to give us strength and to give us the victory in his name. And so Ophelia is fighting this um, more a spiritual battle than a physical battle. So Father, Lord, all the way over in Singapore, which is so far away from where I'm at, Lord, and where most of us probably are. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, I pray, Father, through your name that you would strengthen her with might through your spirit and her inner man. Father, let Christ Jesus dwell in her heart through faith, Lord. Let her be rooted and grounded in love. Father, reveal your love to her, Lord. Reveal your love to her. Reveal your love to her. For, Father, reveal your presence to her as your word declares that you would never leave us, leave us nor forsake us. You said to only be strong and of good courage for you're with us wherever we go, Lord. For I feel you, Father. Holy Spirit, reveal your presence to her, Lord. Give her revelation. Give her discernment, Father, into the things of the spiritual realm. So that she can understand the war that she's fighting and understand that she is covered in the blood of Jesus. To understand that she has been baptized with fire, Lord. That she is anointed by your Holy Spirit. Sealed, Father, until the day of redemption, Father. That she is more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, Lord. That she is the head and not the tail, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, it's 10... 10.30. I hope everybody's already checked their lottery tickets. If not, then I guess you'll have to wait till after the broadcast is over. So, anyway. Um, so, we're going to... Um, so, we started off the, not last night, but the night before um, with Romans. And I'm going to preface this before I get any farther into it. Um, you know, Romans is one of those books that really lays down the, the character the personality, the intentions, the thoughts, the heart of God. And it lays it all out there, and it's pretty blunt. Um, it's not um, camouflage. It's not watered down. It's just Paul through the Holy Spirit literally just <clears throat> being completely open and honest about um, this new man that we are. Because the Bible declares that if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And, you know, in our in our Christian walk, you start off and um, you have the simple milk of the word. Um, you're, you're born again. Um, you're saved through the blood of Jesus. You walk by faith and not by sight. Um, your salvation is a gift of God. As Ephesians says, not of works, lest any man should boast. But by grace you are saved through faith. 
and you you learn the basic things about God loving you, and then as you grow more mature in your relationship with the Lord, then what begins to happen is you your character starts changing. You start being molded and shaped, and you start um, and the Lord starts revealing things to you, and you go from the basic principles of Scripture and this life to the more advanced things, and as far as the um, actual details, because you know, um, for non-believers, um, they don't really know need to know the specifics about what this new life really means as far as what really had to happen. Um, we could go, we could spend months trying to go through the um, book of Hebrews to go through the parallels between the Old Testament sacrifices and the Day of Atonement and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and how they pretty much mimic each other. We could go through how the Ark of the Covenant um, in the Old Testament, it was just a shadow of things to come, of things in heaven. We could talk about how the priest would offer blood once a year on the altar, made with human hands, but God who do not, does not dwell in houses made with human hands, but is in, is in heaven, how he sits on a real throne, and how Jesus offered his blood, not here on earth, but even though he offered it here on earth, but then he also had to go and offer it before the mercy seat in heaven. And, you know, those are things that are important for us to, to know. Um, but when you're first being born again, when you first come to the revelation of the knowledge of God, all that matters is that you find out that God loves you and that he has a plan for your life. And then sooner or later you grow up and you start getting into the real um, what they term the meat of the word. And so what I'm hoping through the grace of the Lord um, that we can begin to get into um, some of that. Um, hold on for me one second. Um, sorry, I had to respond to someone in the um, chat room. So, the, Romans is a very blunt book. Um, Romans chapter 1, it pretty much covers a multitude of sins, um, a multitude of, and then like literally one chapter, it describes the whole character and um, nature of the world that we live in, that men are sinful, um, that men, like it says in the book of John, that men love the darkness more than the light, and they didn't want to come to the light lest their sins be exposed. And it talks about how God gives men a chance, um, revealing himself through the very um, creation, through nature itself, um, revealing who he is, so that men are without excuse, but since they choose not to serve him, they choose not to bow their knees to anybody but themselves and whatever gods they feel like making up on their own, even though most of the time it's them, their own selves. Um, then, um, you know what, I'm going to have to stop this for just a tiny second, and for all of you in the chat room, um, I wasn't around last night, so I don't know what's going on, but... Um, Please, 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 unless um, don't give prophetic words to other people 
unless you're positive it comes from God, because the last thing you want to do is declare to someone something came directly from God, unless you're 100% sure that it is, because the last thing you want to do is be, is be speaking words on behalf of the living God, if they didn't come from Him. That being said, I'm going to trust for all of you, um, all the new people in our chat room, and I'm not being disrespectful when I say that, but um, just don't do it right now. So, um, if you think you have a prophetic word from the Lord, um, please just call in. Um, we can pray about it real fast before we give it out. Um, and that's that. Um, anyway, that being said, um, so Romans goes, the first book of Romans goes through that. It talks about, I mean, things like homosexuality, and I'm not going to really get into any of that because, you know what, sin is sin. Um, the Bible says we've all fallen short the the glory of God. Um, the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. No one has a reason to boast in the presence of the living God because we, we're all sinners. Um, we're all um, sanctified and redeemed, not through our own acts of righteousness, but through his blood we're saved. And so we don't have a reason to um, proclaim to anybody their sins because we're not the judge. The Bible declares that he has made him, Jesus, to be judge over all flesh because he's the only one who's worthy to be the judge since he was the only one without sin. As he told um, in the story of the adulteress that the Pharisees brought to Jesus and they said, you know, we just caught her in the act. Um, she deserves to be stoned. And they were, had their stones picked up ready and they're like, Jesus, what do you say? And Jesus stooped down on the ground and he started writing and then he got up and he said, whoever amongst you is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And you know, and then slowly, and then he went back down to start writing. And I believe that he was just starting to write random sins that each one of them seen the sin in their own life were convicted and walked away and dropped their rocks and left. And then Jesus looked up and they were all gone. And he looked at the woman. And he's like, "Well, where are your accusers?" And she's like, "They're gone." And he's like, "Well, then neither do I accuse you." Um, and but he told them, you know, he who's without sin, let him cast the first stone. And the only one without sin was Jesus, um, which is why he's the only righteous judge. And, you know, Paul gets into that, and he starts off talking about that in um, Romans chapter 2. And it says, therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you not, do you think this, O oh man, that you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance? But in accordance with your hardness and your impotent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath on the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patience, by patient continuance in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, 
but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew for of the Jew first and also for the Greek. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality with God. For as many have sinned without the law, will also perish without the law. And if many have sinned in the law, will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Indeed you are called a Jew, and rest on the law, and make your boast in God, and know his will, and approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. You therefore, you teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob the temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his circumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physically uncircumcised, even if he fulfills the law, judge you who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So that's like a very, very, very long and um, lengthy argument that Paul gives, and it sort of reminds me of the way um, a lawyer would write, um, trying to break down and so to paraphrase and, and a lot less words you know the, the 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 children of Israel were given the law by the Lord to keep them until a savior could be revealed the law confined them all to a place of understanding that that they could never fully um fulfill the law because of the very nature of sin that men have but their responsibility um was to keep the law and um and through it um obtain righteousness um but they never could and so they still had to have um the high priest go in once a year to offer sacrifices um for their redemption
And, um, sorry, I was checking the chat room. So, Abraham, I'm trying to figure out the best way to go about this. Abraham, it says, believed God and it was accounted to him for righteous before the law ever came about to demonstrate that righteousness would come not through works of the law, but through faith and the Lord, through faith in Christ Jesus. And, you know, the Jewish um, people, not I'm not necessarily saying Israel, but um, what Paul's referring to is they believe that in the works of the law, in fulfilling the works of the law, they obtain their righteousness. But they rejected the truth, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. And so salvation came to the Gentiles, which is pretty much everybody else. And we're justified not through the works of the law because we weren't given the works of the law, so it didn't necessarily apply to everybody on the outside who weren't who weren't given it. Um, and But we were considered justified through faith in Christ Jesus alone. And... So um, that's pretty much what Paul's, um, I guess that's the shortest way I could actually put it. I mean, and Paul's saying, you know, don't judge anybody. Um, be careful not to be a hypocrite. Um, don't go around complaining about other people's sins when you may still have some of your own before the Lord. And every man should test his heart and have the Lord... Um, Search his heart to find out if there's anything that's um, displeasing to him. So, um, Romans chapter 3, and for all of you who are um, new to this Bible thing and new to hearing all this, it actually gets a lot better. Um, so, we're going to take a quick break so I can check the phone lines, and we'll be right back.
Okay, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. So we're um, going through Romans, and, well, let's just get into it. Um, Romans chapter 3, it says, What advantage has the Jew, or what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, and every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words, and may overcome when you are judged. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. Certainly not, for then how will God judge the world? For if the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I still judged as a sinner? And why not say, let us go do evil that good may come? As we are slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, their condemnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? No, not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seek after God. They have all turned aside. They have all together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. You know, that's a horrible picture of humanity, but it's actually true. The only difference between the world who isn't saved and doesn't have the knowledge of God and us, the only real difference is that, the knowledge of God. The only difference is the love of the Father, for we were all without sin. And when we were without, when we were still, I mean, sorry, when we were still in sin, Christ died for us, as for the rest of the world. And he has died for the sins of the world all together, encompassing, whether they believe or not, because your lack of belief in the Lord does not negate or change the fact of the truth of what he has done upon the cross. And, you know, a gift is, is still a gift regardless of whether you accept it or not. Uh, and for Antarctica, we're in um, Romans chapter 3. Um between 9 and um, verse 18. And so, so here's, this is the important verse, one of the important verses. It says in um, Romans 3, verse 19, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and that all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of
All right, sorry about that, everybody. I got temporarily disconnected. I apologize for that. I guess we have a bad internet connection here tonight. Um, so, um, call in number 619 638 8458. So, here's the thing um, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the Okay, we're gonna have to pray in a second. So, um because by the very knowledge of the law, um reminds us of our sins and our inability to be righteous and holy apart from his grace, apart from and we can't do it, period. Um, none of us. So everybody is can um is confined under under the same status of like the Bible says, there is none righteous, no, not one. No one sought after God. Not a single person, not me, not you, not anybody who's listening. No one decided one day when they were without God that, oh, you know what, say I want God. It was it was, it was only through his grace, through the leading of his Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says the goodness of God leads men to repentance. It's not our own original desires. It doesn't say that we loved him first and then he decided to love us. No, it says that we love him because he first loved us. And, but all this um, to demonstrate his faithfulness and to demonstrate his own righteousness and his own love for us, that when we were still in sin, Christ died for us. And the law itself became as a tutor um, to reveal to us what we could not do on our own and to put all the world in the category of coming to the revelation that the need that we had for a savior and it says in um, verse 21 but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all that's everybody it doesn't matter who it is it doesn't matter what they've done it doesn't matter what lifestyle they've had in the past. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who will believe. For there is no difference. For we have all sinned and fallen short the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God sent forth as a substitute by his blood through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then make the void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish it. Um, so we're going to take a break from this. Um, 
and we're going to pray for a minute. Um, one of our um, friends um, who um, is one of our most faithful listeners um, is having um, some marital issues um, with um, their husband. Okay. You know what, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, Father, we apply your blood over that household, Father. We, Lord, ask for your anointing, Father, for your presence to send upon that household and touch this relationship, Father. Touch this marriage, Father. Touch their lives. Touch their hearts, Father. For this husband, Father, we ask that you would touch him with your fire and your spirit, Lord. That you would quicken his heart, Father. You would soften his heart, Father, and turn it back towards you, Lord. That you would give him compassion and love for his wife, Father. The compassion of Jesus, Father, for her, Lord. That you would begin to reveal to her, this, Lord, give her discernment in the works to say, Father. Give her discernment in the actions to take, Father. That you would be glorified and magnified in this situation, Father. Lord, we ask for your your will to be done in their lives, Father. Your kingdom to be established in that household, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we ask for complete and total healing on both of them in your name, Lord. Father, heal all the scars, Father. Heal all the wounds, Father. Lord, as your word declares that you bind the brokenhearted, Father, that you would comfort both of them. Lord, as the word declares with the, with the balm of Gilead, Father, give them the garment of praise for the spirit of happiness, Lord. Father, I ask in your name, Lord, that you would remove the sorrow, Father. You would remove the despair and replace it with joy through your presence, Father. For your word declares in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy, Lord. So, Father, right now we're asking for that joy, Lord, for the peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. As the scripture declares, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no, no evil, Lord, for you are with us, Lord. You said that they that abide in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Father, we declare your word to be true today over their lives, Father. We declare your word to be true over their relationship, Father. Lord, that you would bring, Father, her husband to a place of repentance, Lord, of godly sorrow and godly repentance, Father. Lord, shape his heart, Father. We know that you have a plan for his life, Lord. Before he was formed in his, mother, his mother's womb, Father, you had a plan for his life, Father. And so we ask in the name of Jesus that you would begin to open his eyes, Lord, to see you, to understand, Father, to comprehend the love of Christ. Amen. Well, all right, so we have a, another caller, so we're going to take a quick break. Um, and we will be right back. That is if I can find a good song to play. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
And all who are thirsty And all who are weak Come to the fountain And if you are
As deep cries out, too deep, we want nothing else. As deep cries out, too deep, sing, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus, come. You're all that we want, come. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Hopefully, y'all can all hear me. Um, we've been having a little bit of audio troubles tonight. Um, so if y'all can hear me, just all y'all in the chat room, just say something. Um, anyway, so during the break... Um, one of our best friends, um, Alex, um, called in and you know, I've been sitting here during the worship song and, you know, been trying to go through Romans, which is a hard book anyway, and then all of a sudden I'm put a worship song on and I start looking at the stuff that's in the chat room. And then Alex called in and pretty much what he said was going along with what was in my heart for the chat room. So I'm gonna hopefully follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and shift gears a little bit here. And so instead of going through the Romans anymore, I just want to talk for a minute, um, if that's okay with all of you. Um, because, you know, the Bible declares that we're living epistles written not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, which is the heart. And, you know, out of all the scriptures in the Bible, um, that one's not even my favorite, but it's the one I my life probably identifies with the most. Um, you know, all of us um, can read the God, read the scriptures, read the Bible, um, however you want to term it, and we can all find verses that um, symbolize our lives in a way and the things that we're going through and the things that we've been through and the victories that we have um, in our lives, um, which is one of the reasons why it says in Revelation that we overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony and not loving our lives unto death. And so, um, the scripture that says that, um, we're living epistles, you know, it sort of goes along with Romans in that, um, you know, God gave the children of Israel the law. Um, and all the, the whole, all the parts of the law were meant to reveal in some ways the nature of God, the holiness and purity of God himself. And, you know, they can never attain to it. And, but in, for us, it goes far beyond that because it's not that just that we were given the law, like, um, the children of Israel, but we became the law. And far as God wrote not on stone tablets and declared, do this, do this, do this, but God wrote on our very hearts, declaring 
his words in us and through us, literally writing out um, a manuscript of his love and a novel that he called By Your Name. And he has been working in you and in all of us to actually write out this um, amazing love story. Um, and each one of ours is a little bit different. You know, just to give you a... Because some people in the chat room um, were talking about relationships and how you can get into relationships with people and they don't always um, turn out the way you originally see them. And people being people um, have a tendency to act out of their own nature and not the nature of God and not the nature of Jesus which, you know, we all strive to have his character, to have his integrity, to have his love and compassion. And, but in the beginning, we're all just men and women. Um, and the Bible says we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're, it says we're to walk in the newness of life. Um, it says we should walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Because when you walk in the flesh and not in the spirit, then the desires of the flesh is what you follow, and those are the actions which you have. And, you know, it's always um, horrible to be in a relationship where you're not equally yoked or where the people don't have the same heart for the father and each other. And I personally think if you're heart isn't set upon him first and you'll never possibly be able to truly love the spouse that you're with. And, you know, the reason I say that is because um, I'm married now to the literally the most wonderful, perfect woman in the entire world. And, you know, when we first met, I, and I, I've probably said this before, I mean, I had absolutely no clue. I was completely not thinking in any way there wasn't like a bolt of lightning um or anything else like i was sort of hoping for so because i was hoping that could have some kind of bolt of lightning come down from heaven and or the whole world would light up and or something so that way i wouldn't have to actually make a choice i wouldn't have to say okay well i'm gonna be with this person because i could just blame it all on god and and so that I, I was so afraid to make a decision and to commit to anybody that um, one of my excuses for not wanting to be committed to anybody was that I wasn't sure that I heard from God. But, you know, sometimes you have to take a step of faith, and um, and you do have to trust your heart, and you have to trust your leading of God, even when it's not um, profound. And so, but in the process, w what I've learned um, is, is a couple things. Um because the things that we go through in life, and, and, and this will sort of tie in, because I, I don't want you to, I want you to try to sometimes, if possible, see there are things, the situations you're in, not through your own eyes, but sometimes through his. And a lot of times what helps in my own life, and sometimes the way I find out about the father is finding out what he's not like. And, you know, before I was married, like many, many, many years ago, like 10, 11 years ago, because um, I've only been married for now for almost three years, and but like 10, 11, 12, I don't know how long ago it was. Um, I'm like, I'm 36 now, and I was like 19 or 20 
when I got married the first time, and it only lasted like two years because the wife I was with, who was the first person I um, had really ever been in that kind of relationship with um, and then got married to without seeking the Lord, um, wasn't really faithful, and then they left. And, um, you know, me trying to have the heart of God, um, the first couple times they messed up, I just forgave them. And then, and I determined that I was going to, um, keep forgiving them over and over again because it's what he would do. And so I did. Well, um, needless to say, um, they ended up leaving and walking away. And, you know, for a long time, I wanted to be bitter and I wanted to be angry and something changed. Um, and that at one point in time, what occurred to me is their unfaithfulness to me was almost mimicked at times my unfaithfulness to him because I have attempted and tried to learn to see everything in this life and context with my relationship with the Lord. Um, because we, we talk a lot about how we're and how um, men and women are unfaithful to each other, but even more so is our unfaithfulness to him. And you know, I, I can't really complain about um, this person cheating on me when all the times I've cheated on God. And so you know, but I, I was depressed and miserable, and I couldn't figure it all out for years and years and years, and then. The Lord started changing my perception of it um, to realize, you know, that we all are we all are we are all sinners, and it's literally only by His grace, which we have anything. It's only through His love and His mercy that we even come to Him. And you know, I, I walk through um, the sub the subway stations and through work and. And, and I always look at it, all the people I see, and like today I was on the train and just realized, and you know what, out of this train there's probably only one or two people um, who actually know him. And they're all in whatever sin it is, or even if they think they're living good, but because they just don't know about the grace of the Lord. They don't know that he died for their sins. They don't know um, how much he loves them. And if you don't know how much the Father loves you, if you don't understand the love of God, then you can never demonstrate the love of God yourself. Because the truth of what love really is and commitment really is can't be measured based on the actions of any person on the earth. Because no human has ever been completely faithful to anybody, let alone God. And so if you want to find out what faithfulness really is, if you want to find out what love is, you have to actually turn and look at God and see a, an actual example of what it's supposed to be and what it really is, which is through him. You know, if you go through um, the book of Corinthians, um, I guess Corinthians 13, it says, what is it? Love is, um, you know, let me turn here because... You know what, if you want to know what God is like, really, if you really want to know what he's like, then and the difference between the love that God has and the love that men have is this. It says, love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not boated. I mean, it's not boastful. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek for its own. 
It's not provoked, and it thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. And this is verse 7. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. You know, through my relationship with God, I've and through the love that he's had for me is the love I've learned to attempt to strive to have for my um my wife um so that I can demonstrate to her what he has already demonstrated to me and because that's what love really is that's what faithfulness really is the bible says if we're unfaithful he remains faithful because he can't deny himself and you know the terminology and that men have and that God have are completely different, even though we both at times use the same words. Um, we talk about faithfulness, and it's always faithfulness with a condition. God talks about faithfulness, and he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And there's no limit. There's no boundaries. There's no anything. There's no exemptions. It's a flat-out promise. No matter what, he's not going to lie. He's not going to change. It says, Behold, I change not. He's the same yet and it says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when God talks about faithfulness, it's not the what we've experienced faithfulness from the world, but it's the faithfulness that only comes from that only he's ever demonstrated. If you want to talk about love, you know, our love and what we consider love as humans is ninety percent of the time based on emotion and ten percent of the time based on a decision and a choice. And yet his love is so all-encompassing that he gave his own son to die for us because it was the ultimate sacrifice he could actually give. And, you know, it's something that we don't fully comprehend because without seeing it through him, and, you know, so when you see the people that you're with and the relationships with, sometimes it helps if you don't look at them the way the world normally was, but if you look at them through the eyes of the Father. Because then you start having not the bitterness that normally comes, but you start see, having compassion. And you see them not as the the adulterer who they brought to Jesus, but you see them through his eyes as, like he said, he saw the multitude, and they were a sheep without a shepherd. And I'm not saying all that to say that you should necessarily put up with things that are inappropriate and by any means um, let your own safety um, be compromised. But as far as having hope, the hope only comes through him. For if he, is, if he saved all of us and delivered all of us, so much more is his ability to save those who we um, care about, who are still lost. You know, I, um, one thing I may have never mentioned on the show is I actually have a twin brother. And um, our lives are literally, um, we're always night and day um, about the same time that I first started um, really um, 
getting into my relationship with the Lord, which was when I was really young, and it didn't come from the church or, and it didn't come from a preaching tape. It literally came from him showing up in my house over and over again. Um, that I began to have a relationship with him, and. You know, my brother was completely different, though, because while I was serving the Lord and I was zealous and um, consumed with God and wanting to know him, my brother sort of went completely opposite direction. Um, he got into um, magic, and, and and when I say magic, I don't mean like um, the things where you light a couple of candles and you say little spells you read in books, but I mean like the the real when it, when when Paul said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we get against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. I'm saying my brother got into that side of things, like the really high um, spiritually the the powerful, the rulers of the darkness of this age, the generals and armies of the kingdom. I mean of the the the, the generals and um, captains of the armies of the enemy which if you don't know it it's true there are um just like there's i guess some people believe there's different ranks of angels in heaven and you know in the opposite direction it, it's sort of the same way and he got mixed up into that sort of thing even from a really early age and you know the grace of god in my life um because I could have easily gone in the exact same direction. And at one point later on, after having um, things happen to my life, which caused me after that um, issue with um, the marriage, um, that literally devastated me because I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to, I had never loved someone um, like that before. I never committed myself to someone just to have them leave. And, you know, I was devastated for years and years. And it always reminded me over and over again that that's exactly the way that God must feel about this world at times. It's the same heartbreak that we feel with at least one spouse. He feels, I mean, millions of times over again with all the people in the world that don't know him and just, or the ones that do and just walk away for whatever reason. And, you know, my brother still, to the best of my knowledge, has never gotten saved. He tried out church when he was young for a while, and then he didn't like it for whatever reason. And Because it was, I think it was more of a pride thing that he could do this and he could do this, but he never really understood the grace of God. And, But to this day, I still pray non-ceasing for the Lord to deliver him because the Bible says that you and your households can be saved. And I know that none of the words that I can give him are going to change him. I could go to friends in the past who um, have fallen away from the Lord or those who have never known the Lord. And I could give them the most amazing um, like spiritual whatever message. And it wouldn't do a bit of good because your words don't do anything. It's the Holy Spirit, which is why Paul said that he came in, was, he said, I mean, in general, something like in trembling and in fear, or he was with, he was with us, he was with you in fear, I was with, he said, I was with you in fear and much trembling. And he said, my preaching 
was not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. Because regardless of the words you use, if they don't have the backing of the Holy Spirit and the love of the Father, they become empty. Because they just become words that you say with whatever emotions you can possibly attach to them, as sincere as your emotions may be. But what changes people is the love of God. What convicts men's heart is the Holy Spirit. And so continually, I still pray for him, trusting that the Lord will reveal himself to him, continually making intercession for the Lord to shape and to change his heart, because I know it's not up to me. As You know, one of the problems I had growing up as a, as a, as a kid in the Lord um, which, like in high school, is I was on the conquest to save the entire world. And I was so heartbroken all the time um, about this world, <clears throat> and rightfully so, that we should be heartbroken of a world that's out there that's never heard the gospel of the Lord. Well, we, I mean, we, we um, have the ability to hear about Jesus every day. It's like the quote that we have on our website by this guy named Oswald that says, we talk of the second coming, yet half the world has never heard of the first. And we, by the grace of God, he's revealed himself to us, but there's a whole world out there that has absolutely no knowledge of the love of the Father. And, and so I, I was heartbroken, but the problem is, is then I got to the point where I felt like the whole world was on my shoulders because I was trying to do it on my own. Because I hadn't learned that this isn't me out there trying to save the world and win the world for Jesus. It was the fact that me and him were going to do it together. And that he didn't want me to just to go out there and try and run as fast as I can from door to door. But he wanted to go with me. Because it was through the, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that things happen. You know, when I go to pray for people who are in hospitals and are sick or whatever else, it's not the fact that I lay my hands on people through obedience, even though that's important. And it's not the words that I say, though, using the name of Jesus is important, but it's him. And you have to understand everything that we do isn't us. When he said that I will not leave you nor forsake you, that means no matter what, no matter where, no matter What's going on? He's there with you, and you're doing it together. It says we're in his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. But we're doing it together. He said that he prayed that we would be one with him, as he is with the Father. And sealing us with the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that dwells in us, and so that we're not alone. He said, I won't leave you as orphans. And he was faithful in that and sending us the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I say all this to say that um, you may not always see things happening, but don't give up. Don't lose hope. And keep trust in the Lord even if you don't see the things. Um, because sometimes... God, God's always faithful, but sometimes it's not as quick as we want it to be. You know, Abraham 
always a perfect example of someone having to learn faith faith and to learn obedience. You know, God promised him that all the nations of the world would be blessed through him. And then God sent him on this long journey where he learned um, obedience. And, you know, years and years later, far after any human possibility of this miracle being performed could have happened, and human understanding was when God revealed himself to yet, of course, be faithful and to prove that he was a God who didn't lie and that no matter what the circumstances looked like, no matter what was physically or humanly possible, it didn't matter with God and that no far, no, no matter how far a situation goes, he's still in control and his hand's not too short that it cannot save. But, you know, about relationships, um, getting back to that for just a second, you know, one of the reasons it's important to spend time with God is so you can know Him. Because through knowing Him, through the relationship you have with Him, you know, the Bible says in Second Corinthians, it says, we behold us in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And, you know, the Bible says that he, that Jesus is the express image of the glory of God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And through our relationship with him, we behold not the Father, but as in, as in a mirror, the glory of the Father. And you know, pretty much what I think it means is that we, in our relationship with the Lord Jesus, we see him and it's like seeing the Father itself. And we end up being changed into him, his image with our relationship. Our hearts, be, our hearts are changed, our perceptions changed. You know, Jason Upton sings a song and it talks about coming up higher and getting a new vision and getting a new perception on the things that we're in. So we're not just seeing um, the situations we're in, the problems and the difficulties, which are always going to be there because the Bible says that God makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust. And us even more so who are just, who are justified by faith in Christ Jesus because through our very um, identity as being believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and the fact that we are no longer members of this world, but members of the kingdom of heaven. The, the world is going to persecute us, and it's always going. We're always going to be delivered to persecution for His namesake. I mean, the, and but how you see it is based on whose eyes you're using. Are you using yours or are you using his? When you look at the person on the street who most people would sort of like walk away from or they'd back away from, do you look at that person like that or do you look at him through his eyes? Because as far as I can remember, there wasn't a single person that came to Jesus that he didn't have compassion for and that his love didn't... Um, overcome something for you know 
when Jesus healed the blind and the sick and the dead. It didn't matter what the person's social status was or what illness they had or what they had done or what sin they had committed. It, it, it didn't because he loved them. And his love had no end. It, it believed the best. It hoped for the best. It didn't see the evil, but it saw the good. It saw that they were his creations, his children, his people, whether they believed in it or not. And, you know, for we, all of us have people in our lives who... Um, for one reason or another, aren't the, necessarily the most pleasant people to be around, or they do things that really annoy you. I mean, I I have this guy at work, and it it and it just bothers me even being around him sometimes because of some of the things he does and the way he acts. But you know, over the last couple of weeks, the Lord keeps telling me over and over again, and sometimes he has to tell us over and over. Um, he keeps telling me to forgive him and to see him with his eyes, which is hard, but it's something you have to grow into, and growing into maturity in the Lord means, like the scripture said, when I was a child, I spoke with a child, but when I became older, I put away childish things, and there's a certain time that we have to grow up in the Lord, and, you know, if we want to move forward in the things of God, if we want God to be able to trust us with the bigger things in ministry and with the bigger parts of his of who he is we have to learn to be able to walk in the smaller things too um, we have to start with those I mean you know the scripture says it and preachers talk about it but you know he said if your brother sins against you 70 times you're supposed to forgive him and if you don't forgive your brother how can the, your, your father in heaven forgive you I mean, it was that it was part of the um, Sermon on the Mount that every preacher in the world preaches, where he said, "And forgive us our our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us." But how simple is something like forgiving other people that we still, as a body of believers, still have almost no actual concept of of what it really means to forgive someone? Because forgiveness doesn't mean that you just sort of let it go, but forgiveness means that. It's almost like the sin never happened Because when God declares that he's that he's forgiven us You know, he does he said he takes a sin and he casts it as far as the east is from the west and he said our sins He would not remember anymore And we can barely even we can barely even do that with our own sins We can barely forgive our ourselves let alone the people around us but having the ability to really forgive only comes when you go to him and trust him and you allow him to work in your heart. It's not one of those things where you're just like, God, I'm, I'm, I just forgive this person because you said so. Because, you know, it's easy to have words. The Bible says faith without works is dead. But it also says to be a doer of the word and not a hearer, only deceiving yourselves. And it's easily to preach words and it's easily to say words without having the the actual truth of your life and of your heart to back it up. And the ultimate test of what your heart says is what comes out of your mouth toward everybody else. You know, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when we look at people, even though people we don't like are the people we love but annoy, uh, but um, we have issues with, or the people who just flat out annoy us, the real question is, 
if you want to find out what's in your heart and how close your heart is to the heart of Jesus, what words are coming out of your mouth about them? You know, James said, out of our mouth we speak blessing and cursing, and it shouldn't be so. And, you know, you look at you look at a person that has, like, sinned against you or a person who has done horrible things against you, whatever it is. And the real question is, if Jesus was right there and you had the stone in your hand, and you're like, Jesus, I can't believe they did this, 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 and this, and this. Let me throw the stone at them. They deserve to die. And, you know, rightfully, in human opinion, they may. But then, you know, more than likely what Jesus would say is the same thing he said before, which he said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Because he's the only one who can actually judge. Because he's also the only one that knows what's inside of the heart of men. You know, we see things on the, and we see this, we always see the outward appearance. But it says that God knows the heart of a man. And he, it's just all the secrets of men will be revealed. You know, when he looked at David, he didn't look at King David based on his height or his size or his stature or how he carried himself or the clothes he wore or how well he talked. But it was his heart that made him be the only person in the Bible where God said that he was a man after his own heart. You know, Moses was an, pretty much an old man who stuttered all the time. He could barely get his sentence out. Yet he was the only man who got to go to the mountain and stand before the living God in his presence. But it wasn't because he had developed a, a good message or a good leading ability, but it was because his heart was such that when the Lord wanted someone to converse with, he knew that if he talked to Moses, Moses would be able to understand how the Lord felt. Because in Moses' intimacy with the Lord, he could actually comprehend the Lord's emotions and the Lord's feelings and the Lord's thoughts. But that comes when you seek him. That comes when you spend time with him is you become one with him. Where, you know, it's almost like where you have someone you're close to and you just look at them and you already know what they're thinking. Because you're so close to them, you just know. You don't, they don't have to necessarily say anything. Just them being in the room is enough. You know, I used to marvel that before um, I got married to my wife, Rebecca, um, I'd be at my brother's house with him and his wife, and I would notice that they could be sitting in the same room on two different computers and be completely in love with each other without saying a single word. Because just the fact that they were close to each other was enough. Because they had so much trust and faith, and, you know, they had, they just knew each other to the extent that the very fact of them being in the room with each other was enough to bring to keep them in a state of joy and peace. And you know our relationship with God should be the same way, where we don't always have to be waiting for some prophetic word. We don't always need some prophet to come up and say, you know what, Jesus loves you. He just wants you to know that he loves you because we just know. And we believe it, so we don't have to have, have him keep saying it over and over again. I mean, it's nice, and he says it. And it's nice to hear it, and if you 
get in your prayer closet and you learn to hear his voice, you'll hear it quite often. But, you know, a lot of times we we look for confirmations for things that we already have and things that he's already declared. We pray things that are pretty much pointless because we pray things that he's already given us the answer to. And he hasn't changed his mind yet about pretty much anything except for the times when he went, he was going to cause destruction to fall in a place and some man would stand before him and say, God, please don't do that because these are your people and God would be like, okay, you're right. Because those men who stood before the Father knew his heart and he knew what his heart and what the extent of his love really meant. That love always triumphs over judgment. Love always triumphs over judgment. And so, you know, what in our own lives, um, all of us, um, you know, not last night but the night before, we had this guy call in who was, um, I guess he, he had been in the in a homosexual lifestyle and he had con- contracted AIDS. And, you know, if he walked into 80% of the churches in America or other places in the world, they would kick him out in a minute or all they would do is point fingers and condemn him, not realizing that they were no different than he was. Because while they may not commit the same sin, the Bible says we've all sinned. And we too quickly stand up to try to be the judge and the jury when neither are a position that we deserve to have or could ever have. So, anyway, um, our call in number 619-638-8458 looks like we're pretty much running out of time tonight so um, I know we started going one way and then we went a different way but you know literally um, whatever it is you're going through whatever the situation looks like it isn't impossible as it seems the best advice that anybody could ever give you is to And what I tell some of my friends at times, and it seems harsh, but lock yourself in your prayer closet, wherever that is. And don't come out until you hear from God. Don't make a step without seeking him, without consulting him. You know, the disciples didn't do it either. When they wanted to do something, they would say, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. If you want to, I mean, you can, there's 5,000 different directions that you can go in with any particular situation. And in the long run, God will get you where he needs you to be. But sometimes you just don't have to go around the same mountains. And sometimes instead of trying one thing and then another, then another, you can just seek his face and hear his voice. And he'll tell you exactly which way to go to get from A to B the quickest. Which, 
you know, what is exactly what the children of Israel could have done to begin with if they had, if they had wanted to. Um, you know, for um, Wendy and some of you in the chat room, you know, God says, so what you have in our life, Father, and of your commitment and faithfulness to us, Lord, which you demonstrated in your word and through your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, open our spiritual eyes, Father, and our ears, Lord, so we can hear you, Father. We want to see you move, Father. We want to hear your voice, God. Lord, so give us hearts that are sensitive to your Holy Spirit, to follow your leading, Father, to follow your guidance, Lord, as your word declares that your word itself is a lamp into our feet and a light into our past, Father. So, Lord, as always in all things, Father, we trust you and lay our lives before your feet that you could be glorified, Jesus. Baptize us. 